Coming up on this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, Tesla is rumored to be working on a partnership that makes all the sense in the world, in my opinion. Plus, prices have been adjusted across the board on Tesla vehicles, another enhanced summon update from Elon Musk, and more. Howdy, friends. Welcome to Ride the Lightning, the weekly Tesla unofficial podcast. My name is Ryan McCaffrey, and this is episode 207 for July 21st, 2019, which, by the way, is Daisy the Boxer Puppy's second birthday. Happy birthday, Daisy. She's hanging out, looking out the window as usual, but she is conscious at this point in time. By the end of the show, she's usually not, but man, just what a gift that dog has been to me. You know, it's... uh, Maggie's shoes are hard ones to fill, but that dog has has really meant a lot to me. Daisy, you're the best. All right. Uh, there's so much to talk about this week, and yet still, uh, I'm recording early because I am leaving on an East Coast trip to spend some time with family. Uh, I'm gonna, I, uh, my uncles and I do a little—we uh, started a little new tradition last year where we pick a different city every year— uh, to visit a different baseball stadium, to eventually, you know, hopefully one day check all 30 stadiums off of our bucket list. So we are going to be at uh, Oriole Park at Camden Yards. I don't know if I have any Baltimore listeners out there, but I'll be in your neck of the woods as you hear this. And then I'm going to be hanging out in New Jersey, just going to head back with one of my uncles. You know, I'm originally from New Jersey, as some of you may know. And I love it there. It's a lot of fond memories, a lot of a lot of great uh, great feelings, uh, especially summer in New Jersey. I love it. So, looking forward to hanging out there. And as such, I did have to record on Thursday night because my flight was on Friday morning. So, if I miss anything on Friday, I apologize, and I will pick it up uh, when I get back. Although next week's show is going to be the earnings call show, which is always a busy one. If you're a new listener. That is uh, always an action-packed show because I, I take and I pick apart uh, the entire earnings call with analysts and everything Elon says, and I got, I'll have sound clips for you of all of the, the best, most interesting stuff Elon says and analysis and uh, should be a fun. I always enjoy doing those, so stay tuned for that next week. But for now, again, lots to talk about, so let's get started here. First up, the biggest news story of the week in the world of Tesla so far I was just talking about this a few weeks ago, in fact, right before the quarter ended. And of course, when that second quarter ended, the federal tax credit did get cut in half again down to its final form, $1,875 federal tax credit here in the United States. And sure enough, uh, what I had talked about uh, recently has come to fruition as a result, no doubt, of that reduction in the federal tax credit. Tesla has adjusted prices on the Tesla lineup, and they've lowered a whole lot of prices on the cars. But there's a lot more to it than that. So listen to this. First of all, remember when Elon Musk very clearly said that the flat white, the the base plain white, not the pearl white multi-coat, that a flat white would be reintroduced, because it's been been out of the Tesla color lineup for at least two years, maybe three, and that that was going to be the new included for no extra cost paint option on the Model 3. Well, flat white is not the new base color of the Model 3. Instead, 
It is the pearl white multi-coat. You are getting a $2,000 paint color for free now, uh, you know, included with the price of the car for, you know, no additional cost if you so desire it when you order a Model 3. So to me, that is incredible. Uh, if you've never seen pearl white multi-coat up close, in my opinion, it's a beautiful paint color. It's got a real nice uh, sort of metallic flake in it. Uh, when you when you get a look at it up close, I'm personally not much of a white paint on a car person. You know, it's just too tough to keep clean, and and any bugs on there tend to. For me, you know, it's like you got to really keep it clean all the time. But the Tesla Multi Coat White, that pearl white, it is really nice. It's probably my personal second favorite color of the you know limited array of colors that Tesla does offer after the the Multi Coat Red that I went with on mine, but. Uh, Elon Musk explaining himself on Twitter when asked about it, he said, basic white adds too much to service repair complexity. The team convinced me that it's better to go with pearl white as the default color. So that's awesome. And similarly now, multi-coat red is now $2,000 instead of $2,500. So uh, in fact, Multicoat Red has probably seen more price changes than any other color. It went from $1,000 on the Model 3 to $1,500, then up to $2,000, and then up to $2,500, and now back down to $2,000. Solid Black is still there. They haven't gotten rid of it, but they are charging extra for it now, and it's an extra $750. The other two colors, because remember, there sadly just aren't that many color choices with Teslas, those two colors being Midnight Silver Metallic, the dark gray, and then Blue Metallic, they are now $1,000 each where they both had been $1,500. So there are the changes with regard to paint. Now as to the rest of the car, the Model 3 starts at $1,000 less for the standard range plus, making it a $38,990 car in its in its most basic form, effectively $39,000. But you, for that 39 grand, you get a really nice paint job with it and basic autopilot as well. Now, again, I know I just said this recently, but what a tremendous value. It's It's an even better value today than it was last week. What an incredible value, in my opinion, the standard range plus is you get a pearl white multi-coat paint job 240 miles of range the same black vegan leather interior as as the higher model three trims you get basic autopilot and of course comparing to other other non-tesla vehicles you get a super low operating cost and a super low maintenance cost again compared to gas cars all for 39 grand before any state incentives that you might have out there. California's still got a $2,500 one. Um, a listener called in. I'm not sure if it's New York. has Somebody's got 2000 I know Colorado's got a generous one. You know, there are various state-level incentives. And then, you know, for the next uh, five months now, we've got, there's still a, uh, an $1,875 federal tax credit as well. So that standard range plus should tempt a lot of people, I have to imagine. And then if you want to step up to a long-range dual-motor Model 3, that has been reduced by $2,000 over what what it had previously been. And on the performance Model 3 front, it is... I'm not sure there's a better value for the performance you get 
in in all of the automotive industry than the performance model three. Now I'm, that's just me talking. I'm just spouting off the top of my head. I didn't do any research on that. That's just a thought that just now occurred to me. But uh, the performance model three is five thousand dollars less than it had been, uh, it, and it's got a, a few more options. Now it's there's no cost difference, but we're gonna have to bring back the P3D plus and P3D minus nomenclature that the community had adopted when the Performance Model 3s first hit a year ago because the Performance Model 3 is now available with the 18-inch aero wheels upon request. So uh, if you opt for this, bear in mind you, you won't get the bigger sport brakes and the red brake calipers, but you could, you'll get uh, the more efficient tires and wheels that have a lower cost to replace them than the than the 20 inch summer sport tires do so um there is you know you're kind of trading a efficiency for looks basically looks and and maybe a bit of handling on those super sticky summer tires but it is nice to have that option again on the performance model three uh it's also it's so and it's a seven thousand dollar difference between to step up from dual motor to performance it used to be more it used to be about i think eleven thousand dollars for a while. So uh, some changes there on the pricing side. Now, an important note for everyone while we're talking about changes, Tesla is still offering the standard range Model 3, the $35,000 Model 3. It's still available as an off-menu item. As you know now, it's uh, you, you buy a standard range plus and then they software downgrade you and refund you $2,000. Um, or I guess it must be four now. Uh, since it's, yeah, it's, it's a little different. But anyway, um, the long-range rear-wheel drive, so the single-motor long-range battery is gone-gone. No longer available off-menu, at least for the time being. You know, the, as as we've seen with Tesla, things tend to go away, come back, go away, come again. But for now, no more long-range rear-wheel drive Model 3s, which... You know, I'm sure they have their reasons. I it's a shame in my opinion, only because that car is the most efficient Tesla that's ever been made. It's a 325 mile range car uh, for you know a very very reasonable price, and it's yeah it's just an incredible value. But you've still you've now you've got the standard range plus at a, at a pretty good value in my opinion, and then stepping up from there, you, you go right to the dual motor long range, and then performance after that if, if you so choose. On the Model S side, the 75D, now known as the standard range car, that, speaking of coming and going and going uh, and coming back, it's it's gone again. <laughs> it had gone away, it had come back, now it's going away again. So it's long range, which is, think of that as, that's the 100D, 100 kilowatt hour, long range and performance, and that's it. And even on performance, it's there's no more base performance. That remember that uh, when they made that change in March, uh, about right around the time of the Model Y event, they had introduced you know two performance variants on the S, which is what they used to have way back in the day. But there was base performance that had a zero to sixty time of three point oh seconds, just three seconds flat. And but now uh, all performance Model S's and X's are ludicrous cars once again. But 
But here's the big part. They've dropped the $20,000 premium that the Ludacris commanded at a week ago. That's gone. So it's just, they've just lowered the price effectively on the Ludacris uh, Model S and Model X. So the the free ludicrous upgrade for existing Model S and X owners is no longer offered because everyone gets that that <laughs> gets that discount now. Um, now paint prices on the S and X not quite the same as on the Model Three. Pearl white multi coat is still the standard. That's that's across the board, but uh, blue and the midnight silver. Are they were they remain fifteen hundred dollars? No adjustment there. Solid black is one thousand dollars rather than the seven fifty it is on the Model Three, and the multi coat red remains twenty five hundred dollars. Now, just getting back to the overall price of particularly a performance Model S for a second, a maxed out P one hundred D Ludicrous Model S for a long, long time. If you checked every box had been about $150,000. So, you know, you pick the turbine wheels, you take the red paint, you take the, uh, just, you know, auto, full auto, the, the entire autopilot package. Now, I went in there and I checked every single box, picked the most expensive options I could find, and the P100D now maxes out at $112,990. So $113K... I mean that's that is a heck of a difference between what it was and what it is now. Still not cheap, of course. It's not it's not like everybody's going to be running out necessarily and buying fully loaded P100Ds, but that is just a tremendous difference. I mean, and again, the value in that for you know, well below the price of of uh well, I guess to compare an apple to an apple, the Porsche uh, Porsche Panamera that thing can get, that can creep up towards 200K, last I had checked, which was admittedly a while ago. I don't know if maybe they've adjusted their pricing and options, but, you know, uh, the turbo version, the decked out turbo version, I think is around 175, 180 fully loaded. So now for 113K, you've got a 325 mile range in the performance version because you, you take a little bit of a hit there. You don't get the full 370. 325 mile car that does zero to 60 in 2.4 seconds. Just, just unbelievable. Uh, but let's go to the other end of the spectrum. A bare bones Model S. So the pearl white paint, long range battery, uh, and the 19 inch slipstream wheels, black interior. That starts at 79,990. So basically 80 grand for a car that has basic autopilot and gets 370 miles to a single charge. That's pretty darn good for, for, you know, you're up in the luxury realm there, but man, that seems like incredible value for $80,000. Now, for these, if you're curious about the Model X, you basically just add $5,000 to all the prices that I just told you, um, just because that's basically how the, the Model X pricing works. The... Uh, a maxed out Model X P100D, which you pick the most expensive option for the interior, which is the six seat interior, uh, and it tops out at 125,000. Where again, a maxed out P100D six seat Model X 
had been about 160000 So now that's down to $125,000. Finally, there's one other note here that's relevant to everybody that, that may be shopping. If you're interested in leasing a Tesla, the down payment has been reduced to $3,500. It had been $4,500, though an important caveat I need to pass along here is that you cannot lease the standard range. Uh, only That is, the leasing is only available starting on the standard range plus on up there. <clears throat> there. Pardon me. So just to summarize, I have to say, I'm so glad to see this. I'm so glad to see all this. Um, you know, I know a lot of people are frustrated that maybe they bought their car recently. I mean, I'm I'm coming up uh, in about a week on my one-year anniversary with my car. Um, I mean, my car, the original configuration, when I ordered my car, it was $82,000, if memory serves me, I think. Yeah. And then they ended up lowering the price quite a bit before I even took delivery. But the price has just come down and down and down across the board. And I, I certainly... I understand that people are frustrated. You know, you make such a uh, a car is the biggest purchase you're probably going to make outside of your home. But the fact is, you know, you uh, I I was knew what I was paying. I knew what I was getting for that price. I've been super happy with that. I'm just happy to see more people now be able to hopefully get in on Tesla and and come in and buy one with the prices continuing to go down. Uh, I'm also, I'm not at all surprised that Tesla did take action on, on the pricing with the federal tax credit dropping, but I'm, I'm so happy that they did. Uh, it's, it's just great news for buyers. This should continue to spur sales as Tesla production continues to ramp up, as we heard about last week. I mean, right now, look at, look at what, where things are at. There is a lot of positive forward momentum right now for Tesla. And hopefully they can keep that momentum rolling and have an excellent and a profitable Q3 and Q4. Uh, and as I mentioned at the top of the show, next week is when we will find out if they indeed had a profitable Q2 because that earnings report is coming earlier than usual. Usually it would be uh, in early August for for the, you know, the Q2 report would come in early August, but July 24th, is the date of the next earnings call. So as I said, I will have the audio clips from Elon and the executive team. I'll have the full analysis for you on next week's episode. And real quick, in related pricing news, the full self-driving package is going up. So I just got done telling you about a bunch of price cuts. Full self-driving is going to be going up in price once again very soon. Elon taking to Twitter to say, the cost of Tesla full self-driving option is increasing by about $1,000 on August 16th. And he posted this on July 16th. So he's giving exactly one month's notice. He says, as mentioned earlier this year, the cost of the Tesla full self-driving option will increase every few months. Those who buy it earlier will see the benefit. End quote. So uh, that if that uh, price increase holds true, that's going to take it up to a $7,000 package. But seeing as how base autopilot functionality is now bundled in with every car, 
Um, and I know, yeah, it's kind of priced in, so it's not that it's completely free, but you know, even after the price cuts that I just talked about, it's still going to be more or less about the same price as what it had been since its initial introduction. Enhanced Autopilot was $5,000, and the full self-driving add-on package was $3,000, totaling, obviously, $8,000. Now, it's effectively $7,000 for the whole kit and caboodle again. I know you are still paying for base autopilot, even though it's bundled in, but you know, we gotta, <laughs> we gotta draw the line somewhere here for the, for the sake of comparison. But I, I am very much looking forward to seeing what the investors at the autonomy day, uh, I want to see that stuff happening in my own car. You know, Elon ta- keeps talking about how it's going to be later this year, by the end of the year. I can't wait to see it. I hope, uh, I hope it happens. And, I I am happy that I went ahead earlier this spring and and sprung for the the three thousand dollar upgrade cost on full self driving. So if you're on the fence and you're in a financially viable position to to log into your Tesla account and do that full self driving upgrade, you might want to go ahead and do it in the next you know roughly thirty days before that price goes up again. Um, certainly. I'm not saying you should or shouldn't, but definitely just be mindful of it because that price is going to go up again here uh, in the middle of August. Next up this week, this is my favorite story, even though it got denied. It, it's the uh, Let me explain here. So Tesla may, hopefully, may be electrifying Walt Disney World in the form of the Tomorrowland Speedway. As uh, in the form of sponsoring the ride. So a report from a Disney blog called Just Disney says, quote, Our sources inside the company are giving us whispers of Elon Musk meeting with top executives on how Tesla would truly put visitors behind the wheel of all electric vehicles. Tesla would sponsor the Speedway and surrounding stadium and give guests the true vision of, quote, driving in the future. The gasoline-powered go-karts at the ride would be replaced with all-electric versions with child-friendly driving opportunities still available. We're hearing that the vehicles are going to have a Tesla emblem on the front of each vehicle. Uh, it, so that's, that's the end of their report. That's the end of the quote. It, and again, I have to caveat this. I have to say I was all excited writing this up in my show notes at the beginning of the week. And then midweek, Disney did come out and deny it. So the Walt Disney World Today Twitter account, which according to the bio is the official in-park Twitter feed for Walt for Disney World live updates, they replied to someone that had posted it and said, Hi there. Thank you for sharing your interest in Tomorrowland. Please know this information is not true. End quote. However, I'm still talking about this, and I'm still doing this story, not just because I'm excited about it, but because I can tell you from 16 and a half plus years working in the the video game media world, where I deal with big publishers and their public relations teams all the time, that there's still a pretty good chance, there's a, there's a reasonable chance, maybe not pretty good, there is a reasonable chance that this is, in fact, actually in the works, and Disney is just denying it now 
because negotiations are ongoing and they don't want any rumors to get out of control and potentially, you never know, in some way, affect or jeopardize the deal. So I'm not saying this is happening, but I'm also not taking their denial completely seriously either because, you know, they're not going to think about it. They're not going to come out and go, oh, yes, it's totally true. We're negotiating with Tesla. That's not how business works. That's not how communications works. So, you know, they might have just wanted to kind of get this thing under control. And I think there is still a pretty reasonable chance that this is happening because it just makes so much sense. Uh, Now, if it does happen, it'll just be in Florida for now at Walt Disney World. Because, you know, you would think that Tesla would want the sponsorship in their home state at Disneyland in California. But um, then again, maybe Florida would be their preference anyway, since Tesla is, their brand awareness is at its highest in California, uh, where, by the way, the ride is called, it's called Autopia here in, in, uh, in California, Disneyland. And, you know, Disney World, to the best of my knowledge, tends to attract more, uh, I would say, like a greater portion of the country overall. Whereas in, in my experiences in going to Disneyland with family the last, uh, you know, once a year for the last few years, it's it seemingly tends to be, again, just speaking generally, more of a West Coast presence. Like, you know, people from Washington State, Oregon, a lot of California people, Arizona. Uh, it seems like Disney World tends to draw more uh, more from a bigger swath of the country. So, you know, it could make sense that, that Tesla might say, hey, we'd rather have this thing. We'd rather be sponsoring it at Disney World because they can spread a little bit more brand awareness that way. But um, from what I can find, in, so I, I dug into this as much as I could as far as the logistics surrounding how this might come about. From what I can find, there is no sponsor for the Tomorrowland Speedway, again, a.k.a. Autopia, at Disney World right now. There's no sponsor, whereas in California, it's uh, it's sponsored, at Disneyland, it's sponsored by Honda. Uh, and in, uh, let's see, in Disneyland Paris, it's sponsored by Ford. So there are, you know, they've got some other sponsorships. And of course, you know, other rides do this too. Uh, Space Mountain is, it's like, you know, presented by FedEx or something. But anyway, um, so I would, I would suspect that if California Disneyland is off the table here, it might be because Honda's sponsorship term isn't up yet. I looked it up and Honda just started sponsoring that ride in 2016. So assuming, (laughs) just guessing here, don't know for sure, but assuming that it's kind of a round number, like a, like a five-year deal or a 10-year deal, I would guess that, that, that Ford, uh, pardon me, that that Honda deal just isn't up yet and probably won't be up till at least 2021 if it were a five-year term. But, uh, you know, I would, I would like to say that I would like on behalf of this, of everyone listening to this and on behalf of the Ride the Lightning audience, I think we collectively deserve full credit for this happening if it happens, (laughs) because, uh, you know, I know people from Tesla listen to this show and this came up. So last summer I got to go to Disneyland with family and after I got back, Andrew from Florida 
had called in and said he's a big theme park guy. And he said, I'd love to see Tesla sponsor some theme park stuff. And that set set my mind, my, my mental train zooming out of the station. And here's what I said back on episode 160 uh, on, on just this idea. Tesla should sponsor Autopia at Disneyland and electrify all of those little cars. Yes, they would have to be, the little cars would have to be significantly nerfed in the performance department, but think of how much cleaner that ride, which runs, gosh, uh, 16, 14 to 16 hours a day continuously, but think about how much cleaner that ride and just the air in that spot would be. I mean, I know Tesla doesn't advertise, they don't do traditional advertising, but I, I would call this not traditional advertising. I would suggest they make uh, an exception here because think about it. I mean, I, I don't want to overstate this, but people from all around the world come to Disneyland and the advertising on the, on the attraction, it's not that blatant. It just says powered by Honda underneath the Autopia sign. I actually took a picture of it. And so boom, change that to the Tesla to, to powered by Tesla with the T logo and people, you know, if they, they have fun on the ride with the little electric cars, they're, they're probably going to look up Tesla organically on their own. They're going to look it up if they don't know about it. And it'll end up being a positive association for Tesla because they'll get associated with this fun thing at Disneyland. Uh, so I think it would be worth the investment. Now, for all I know, Disney charges an absolute fortune to sponsor one of those rides. I have no idea, but... And we know that Tesla is still, they're still vying for st sustainable profitability. So I'm not saying they do it tomorrow, but I think it'd be cool if they, uh, if they looked into that, if they did that. So again, that was from episode 160 last August, 11 months ago. Of course, I'm, I'm kidding about taking full credit, obviously, as I'm sure just about every Tesla owner and fan has probably had the same thought about, about that ride when they're at Disneyland or Disney World. But it really would be awesome all around if it did happen. It'd be great awareness for Tesla. You know, it would send a lot of people out to learn more about the cars. And Disney World is, of course, frequented by families to whom Teslas would have a very substantial benefit and appeal. And theoretically, uh, the ride itself would probably be better. The cars would be zippier and more fun as little, little tiny EV go-karts. And, you know, because now they're just really, 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 really nerfed internal combustion engine cars, at least at the Disneyland one. So, uh, again, yeah, it would just it would encourage more people to research the company and research the cars. And and uh, I have to give credit here. My friend Michael from Milbray pointed this out when he sent me this story, because what's funny, we happen to be having lunch together hours before this story broke, uh, or at least kind of broke into the Tesla community. And we were talking about this exact thing because he had recently been to Disneyland. He had gone earlier this year and he said, and it's a great point, that it would help normalize electric vehicles for the kids who are, in, who are on the ride enjoying the ride. They're going to think, hey, oh yeah, electric car, this is awesome. You know, it's, it's great. I mean, it's just awesome there. So uh, last thing, the ride would be totally quiet which would be really nice because, again, if you've been there, it's 
kind of disgustingly loud right now. And and yes, I realize right now I sound like that uh, hoity-toity San Francisco guy from that one episode of South Park where they're all driving their Toyota Priuses uh, around. But <laughs> again, if you, if you go to Disneyland or Disney World, you know what I'm talking about. So uh, last point of significance on this, and I'll move on to the next story, but the subject of Tesla doing advertising is one that's come up a lot recently, both with Elon speaking to it on Twitter when people have asked him about about it, and it came up at the recent shareholders meeting. So if this did happen, again, Disney has denied it, but if it did come to pass, I think this would count as Tesla's first official advertising. You know, it might not Uh, it's a sponsorship and not a traditional TV or magazine ad, but I don't even think Tesla's ever sponsored anything before in a, in a, you know, ongoing way. So correct me if I'm wrong on that, but that would be another interesting little footnote here. Next up this week, enhanced summon another update from Elon Musk. He uh, took to Twitter to issue a series of little updates and answer some people's questions. He says, good progress on fast activation of summon down to about one second. So, you know, if you've if you've even tried to use the, the summon in its current form, you know, you go in there and it kind of takes a while for it to connect to the car. So they've sped that up. As for the top speed of enhanced summon of the car coming to find you in a parking lot, you know, by itself, Elon says probably five miles per hour. And then someone else asked him about, well, what about, can it find you in a multi-story parking garage if you're on a different level? He says, initially, it'll be single plane only, but hopefully multi-story later this year. And then uh, uh, Anna Bonilla, pardon me if I'm mispronouncing that, uh, That's a, uh, I mentioned that because that person follows me, so might be a listener of this podcast, says... Do we need GPS reception inside the multi-level garage? And Elon replied saying, quote, we'll trace back inertial measurements and wheel movements to exit a multi-level garage unless the car was teleported into position, in which case all bets are off. And then a, a Twitter user, again, who, who might be a follower, uh, a listener of the show because they follow me on Twitter, K10, who appears to be uh, perhaps Kristen might be her name, can the Tesla be sent to park itself? And Elon says, yeah, that's next after summon. So there you go. All of that sounds great. And it does sound like Tesla's getting really close. In fact, Elon said a little later in the week, this past week, that the August 16th price increase of full self-driving is, quote, approximately the date when we can expect enhanced summon to be in wide release. It will be magical, a lot of hard work by the autopilot team, end quote. Well, uh, let me, I want to just call, calling him out is maybe too strong a term, but let me, let me sort of mention one thing on this. It kind of seems like Elon's using Enhanced Summon as a, a little bit of a value add for the higher-priced full self-driving package. And, you know... While I know that, yes, Tesla did redo their autopilot packages and pricing, and uh, the fact is Enhanced Summon is the final feature that was part of the original Enhanced Autopilot package. So, you know, while this, yes, will add another cool thing to the current full self-driving package that uh, today is $6,000, 
you know, it's not a brand new thing that was never expected or announced. But, you know, so in effect, I think it was it was kind of already priced in, in my opinion. But, you know, that's just kind of splitting hairs a little bit. Uh, regardless, I expect that there will be a lot of videos going around showing this feature off once it does release to the entire fleet. And I expect, you know, not all of those videos, <laughs> they might not all be flattering. People may, uh, who knows what kind of goofy stuff people are going to try with it. But on the flip side, I'm sure we will see some really, really cool stuff as well. Finally this week, and yes, I know I'm talking a lot uh, so far this show, but there's a lot to cover. A strange, I would call it strange, next generation Roadster SpaceX package update from Elon. Now, before I read you what he said... Remember what Elon has previously said about the SpaceX package, that it's 10 cold gas thrusters placed around the car. So I pictured a bunch of subtle little COPV thrusters on the bottom of the car, probably barely visible to the layperson. But this week, someone sent Elon a Back to the Future-inspired fan-made mock-up of a Roadster with the SpaceX package, uh, that made its way very much around the Tesla community, just as a fun thing, you know. So it was it was basically, it was a silver Roadster, you know, meant to kind of look like the DeLorean stainless steel. A silver 2020 Roadster with all the Back to the Future time machine stuff on it. And a Twitter user named Martin, who, uh, again, follows me, so if you're out there, hi, Martin, tweeted the pictures to Elon and said, is that how the SpaceX package is going to look? And Elon replied and said, SpaceX thruster package will be subtle, hidden behind license plate, end quote. So I need some help, my friends, because I am officially confused. And <laughs> everyone that replied to that tweet from Elon seemed confused right along with me. What does he mean by that? It's, you know, they can't have 10 thrusters hidden behind the license plate, unless they're really small. And also, in that case, that means that it's only it's only going, you're, you're getting launched one way. There's no, like, lateral movement, you know, for track handling or anything like that. But um, does the license plate fold down, like, James Bond style? That's kind of what a, it... But the other... So the other thought I had is, is he maybe talking about the air tanks, which... He had previously said that those would replace the plus two back seat, that if you have the SpaceX package, you don't get that extra seating uh, in, in the back there. So maybe the, maybe the tanks have been moved to like a storage space that, that would be right behind the license plate, like if you, you know, behind the inside the car, you know, I'm not sure. Or, or is he just talking about one or maybe two of the thrusters being behind the plate and it really will fold down 007 style when you activate your SpaceX package. I, I'm confused. So if you have good thoughts on this, I would love to hear from you. Call in or email me, tweet me, whatever you want to do. But uh, with that, on that fun note, that'll wrap up the Tesla news for this week. Stick with me though. I'll be right back with, as usual, a bunch more of your excellent phone calls right after this.
Time for your questions, comments, and discussion topics here in the Ride the Lightning Hotline. I invite you, I welcome you to participate in that. Two easy ways to do so. Uh, you can either use your smartphone's built-in voice recording software, record me a question, please try to keep it to 90 seconds or less, and email the file to me at teslapodcast at gmail.com, or you can call anytime you want and leave a message on the Ride the Lightning hotline again, so please try to keep it to a minute and a half or less. That toll-free number is one 888 989-8752. Again, that's one 989 tsla And if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com if you'd like to learn more. Jonathan from England is up next and wanted to comment on the pedestrian noisemaker requirement that I talked about for Europe. Go ahead, Jonathan. Hi, Ryan. This is Jonathan Hodgetts from England. As a musician, I'd just like to comment on this artificial sound of an ice car being legislated by the EU for EVs going under 17 miles an hour. That is a ridiculous sound to choose as the internal combustion engine includes low frequencies which will go through buildings and travel long distance. That is not the sound you want as a warning from a vehicle. It needs to be in the medium frequency and to be such that it only can be heard in Pacific direction, in other words, in front of the car direction of travel, and at a limited distance. So they've, they've got this completely wrong. And I do hope that, that someone comes to their senses and changes this legislation. Bye for now. Jonathan, thank you for giving my gut reaction to this, some professional backup. I appreciate that explanation of the audiologic qualities of an internal combustion engine sound and why it is a bad idea for this new regulation. Now, if somebody could just get that message to the European regulators, that's our next step here. But thanks, Jonathan. Let's go to Jeff now from Laurel, Maryland, uh, also on that same topic. Go ahead, Jeff. Hi, Ryan. This is Jeff from Laurel, Maryland. On last week's episode, you mentioned Europe wanting to regulate electric vehicles to emit a gas engine sound uh, when going at low speeds. And you suggested the companies reach out to audiophiles or sound engineers to find a better sound. Uh, I remember a old Mythbusters episode where they proved that the hush sound or the shh um, was better than a regular horn, oh, horn or honk. And uh, they would also give the person the direction and the position of the sound. Um, so I was wondering what your thoughts on that was. Um, do you think? Do you ma- can you imagine being in like the San Diego gas lamp quarter and hearing the uh, a cars hushing all the drunk people uh, walking and standing around? Um, I thought I thought I think that would be hilarious, um, but also helpful. So uh, yeah, um, keep up the great work and uh, always ride that lightning. Jeff, I'm going to sound like that I'm making a joke here, but I'm actually completely serious. It would be better than the make it sound like a gas engine car proposal that they've got now. But yes, you're right. 
it would kind of be hilarious to have electric vehicles shushing people at low speeds in major urban areas. Okay, one more call on this topic uh, from Matthew in Alabama, uh, who, who brings a unique perspective to this situation. Matthew, go ahead. Hey, Ryan, this is Matthew from Alabama. Um, I want to comment on the episode 206 about the noisemakers on uh, these electric cars and so forth. Uh, Toyota is supposedly supposed to have all of this on their newer cars by now. But for one, for people such as me, I cannot see a car. I'm totally blind. And also, um, I ain't been around one yet to hear, hear the sound or whatnot, but I'm also uh, considered deaf if I take out my hearing aid. So I don't know if it even... You know, if it's loud enough even for that. But as a total blind person, I cannot hear the car if it passed me, even on a road. If I'm walking down the road and it comes by me, even at 30 miles an hour, I can't even tell it until it's on me. So, and yes, even these new uh, ice cars, they have, uh, they're, they're pretty quiet. Uh, we just rented one to go to Atlanta, Georgia, uh, a Hyundai Taurus, I think it was. Anyway, um, I couldn't tell if the motor was running or not. It's, I thought it was a hybrid or something, but then no, it was a four banger. But uh, anyhow, um, yeah, I, I, I'm all for this noisemaker. Maybe the option to change the sound where you know you can choose what kind of sound it makes or whatnot. But uh, you know, there needs to be something for people like such as me or somebody or kids to know that there's a car nearby. A lot of people not considering that kids, you know, playing in the road or not paying attention, don't hear these cars, they get hit. So, uh, yeah, that's my take. So, like your show, keep up the great work. Thanks. Matthew, thank you for the call and for your perspective on this. I think a choice would be really nice. Now, I realize a choice would complicate things for regulators rather than just having one mandatory sound. But again, there's just got to be a better option for everyone than mimicking an internal combustion engine. Thank you again, Matthew. Thanks to everybody that called in on that topic. Let's change gears now, uh, even though electric cars don't have gears. James from the Bay Area wants to check in on Tesla insurance. Go ahead, James. Hey Ryan, long time no talk. This is James from the Bay Area. Yeah, um, I'm really intrigued to find out further details or or anything I can on this uh, Tesla insurance when it finally comes out. You know, from what I'm hearing still, um, if you're in a collision and your Tesla goes to get repaired, it could still take months. And, uh, you know, that's a, that's a little alarming. So I went to my insurance company just to double check my policy and the highest I could even pay for a loaner car is 45 days. That's like the max. So I'm interested to see what Tesla offers because if you have their insurance and you get in a collision and it's in the shop for two or three months, they may let you have the car longer because they know the repairs taking longer. You know what I mean? Or they might just be able to facilitate the car getting repaired quicker because it's Tesla dealing directly with themselves as far as getting the car fixed. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, yeah, I, 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 I could strongly see myself considering them just for those two reasons alone. 
All right, Ryan. That's a really good point, James. And those are definitely two of the first questions that should be asked of Tesla about this once they're ready to start talking about it, if they don't come right out and say it off the bat. Last we heard, Tesla was waiting on an acquisition to close before they finally launched this, which, as you may recall, it was originally supposed to launch two months ago. So hopefully it won't be long before we finally get some details and ideally the actual launch of the insurance program. Christian from Orange County is my next caller and wanted to uh, ask a question about lane departure avoidance. Go ahead, Christian. Hi, Ryan. This is Christian from Orange County, California. I don't currently own a Tesla, but I have pre-ordered a Model Y, and I have a question about the autopilot or lane departure avoidance system from the perspective of a frequent California highway driver. Um, So today I was driving home between San Diego and Orange County in a non-Tesla and many times had to actively move over to give ample room to motorcyclists. And this is a common occurrence here in California. And so I was wondering how you and other California drivers have found your cars react in these types of situations, particularly if you're using autopilot or lane departure avoidance. Does a Tesla actively register a motorcycle moving between you and another vehicle? And will it move over automatically or slow down? And if there is space in another lane or even the breakdown lane, does it cross over the road lines to make ample room? Or does this potentially clash with the car's lane departure avoidance system? Thanks for a great podcast and look forward to hearing your thoughts. Thanks for your call, Christian. I have personally not had any issues, but then again, I have limited experience with this because motorcycles only ever tend to go by me just in my day-to-day driving situation when it's, it'll be when I'm in stop-and-go traffic on the freeway in the morning. And in those cases, I'm always on autopilot, so the car's always got me centered, just dead center of the lane, and knock on wood, I've not had a problem. So... I'm happy to toss this one out to your fellow listeners to see if anybody has any specific experience with this. Lawton from Chicago is up next and uh, wanted to call in with a with a bit of an idea of sorts here. Lawton, go ahead. Hi, Ryan's Lawton from Chicago. Wanted to talk about the potential of a new feature that Tesla can implement where your personal vehicle settings are portable and follow you from Tesla to Tesla. This will give drivers and multi-Tesla household the ability to easily swap vehicles. So, if your significant other drove the Model 3 today, leaving the Model Y, you could just get in the Model Y and go. The Tesla automatically knowing your seat position, all pilot navigation preferences, music stations, and more. These portable personal settings would also serve well in the Tesla network, as it may be years in the future until full self-driving is both fully validated and subsequently approved by regulators, it may make sense for Tesla to diversify the network and the potential income streams to allow car rentals and subscriptions. The convenience to have a car that's easy and low-cost to maintain and operate that also remembers your preferences would be a game-changer in the rental market. A trivial use case would be car rentals at the airport. Most travelers, especially those traveling on tight schedules and those traveling with children, will appreciate the convenience to have a next-generation summit bringing a Tesla curbside. This will avoid the time and hassle of traveling to and waiting in line at the car rental center. Travelers could literally load their luggage, buckle up, and hit the road. Upon returning to the airport, travelers unload the luggage and send Tesla off to get ready for the next traveler. Thanks for providing Tesla fun and insight every week. Look forward to your thoughts. Hey, Lawton. Thanks, as always, for your call. Now, I believe Elon has talked about this before, like a storing your profile in the cloud thing. And in fact, uh, I'm pretty sure it is on Tesla's roadmap because 
He just mentioned a similar type thing in a brief Motor Trend interview this week on the back of, uh, at least the video went up this week, on the back of their ultimate car of the year victory that I talked about on last week's show. But regardless, I agree with you completely. I would love to see this. It would be such a boon for when you have to get a service loaner or, as you note, for multi-Tesla households, which are becoming more and more common now because single Tesla households tend to love their cars so much that they replace their other car with a Tesla as well. I know my, my wife has gone from like total indifference towards the Tesla to, hey, when is, uh, when is Elon going to make a Model M, like a Model Mini. You know, she's, she she likes her Mini Cooper because of its tiny size, and we live here in San Francisco, so she wants a tiny car. So you know, there's the the Mini uh, Minis launching the electric Mini Cooper, and uh, you know, the BMW i3 is even a little big for her. And then there's the Fiat 500e, but she's like, is uh, is Tesla doing a, a little mini car at any point? I'm like, eh, not right now. So anyway, yes, multi Tesla households. So. Uh, fingers crossed, though, that, that the feature you talk about arrives, hopefully, ar- if not sooner, by the time the Model Y arrives, since I think the Model Y's arrival to your, to your exact household should coincide with a spike in multi-Tesla households. Thanks a lot. And Raphael, uh, out for a walk with his dog Ringo, calling in and wanted to reply to Alex from Dallas from last week. Go ahead, Raphael. Hey, Ryan, this is Raphael and Ringo out on our walk listening to your podcast. By the way, Ringo says hi to Daisy. I wanted to respond to Alex from Dallas. Um, When I was ordering my car, I considered a performance Model 3. uh, But in the end, I went with a dual motor. And this is what my thought was. You know, for that extra $10,000 or so, I decided to get the... uh, the uh, red tri-coat, because I really wanted that color. I ended up getting a, a ceramic coating uh, and a wrap to protect the paint. I got a console wrap on the interior, a screen protector, a wireless uh, charger, and a few other things. So my point was, I said, you know what, let me take that extra money and invest it on some modifications and other things to help me really enjoy my car every day that I drive it. Uh, and I must say, the 0 to 60 in 4.3 seconds is super fast. There's never been a time on the highway that when I needed some extra speed, it wasn't there in abundance. Uh, my friends and family on the test launches will tell you uh, it's pretty, pretty fast. I guess the only thing I'm not doing is going on to a track. So anyway, that was it. I think all of us Tesla owners feel the same way you do when you drive your car. It is just an amazing feeling, and you're right. You know what? If you're having a not-so-great day, uh, or even if you're having a great day, it makes it that much better just to get behind the wheel of uh, Model 3. So, Alex, any car you get, I think you'll be uh, very happy with it. Bye. Raphael, thank you so much for your perspective on that. You know, investing in the car's long-term protection and beautification if you plan to keep it for a while, like I certainly am with mine, you're right. It's it's an awesome way to look at the difference between a dual motor and a performance if you end up choosing the former on that. So cheers. Thanks so much. Josh from St. Cloud, Minnesota, wanted to res- uh, respond to the Spotify quote unquote news that I, that I discussed uh, last week. So Josh, you're on the air. 
Hey, Ryan, this is Josh calling from St. Cloud, Minnesota. I'm a first-time caller, and I'm calling about the discussion around Spotify because a lot of us here in Minnesota know that we're going completely hands-free in August, and Elon confirmed slightly last, last week that we were maybe getting Spotify. Well, anyone that watches a test player Reddit has seen that the developer um, recently said that he knew days before and he wasn't going to mention anything, but with Elon now confirming Spotify is coming, um, he is going to be abandoning a lot of the work he's done on it. He later went on and said, and I quote, the media team reached out to me and can't share anything, but I put faith in the tweet. So I think this is some really exciting news for those of us who like Spotify and could be a great future add-on for the future. Thanks for what you do. Well, I sure hope you're right, Josh. You know, Spotify is extremely popular and well-liked, and a lot of North American Tesla owners would love to have it in their cars like the European Tesla owners do. I personally, I've got a Spotify account, but I, I do confess I rarely use it. I know I'm just, I sound like an old man now, but <laughs> I guess I've said this before, but I've been a Pandora fan for a while. I know a lot of you out there right now, you're rolling your eyes, but it's worked really well for me. I've spent a lot of time creating the perfect Ryan radio station and I listen to it all the time when I'm walking Daisy. Uh, and the reason that I mention that is to offer a bit of comparison to Slacker. You know, I know that Slacker gets a lot of flack from the, from the Tesla community, but I actually think it's pretty decent. Do I think Pandora is better? Yes. And do I totally understand that Spotify fans would prefer that? Absolutely. Um, but what I have done, so maybe just a little... I don't want to necessarily call this a slacker tip because maybe it's useful to you, maybe it's not. But what I have done to curate my slacker in my car is to just feed it a ton of artists and songs I like. I've actually gone so far, I will admit this to you guys, I've gone so far as to make notes in my phone when I remember an artist that I haven't put in there yet so that the next time I get in the car... I think to check it and use the voice command to just go ahead and request that song or that artist. And every time a song I like plays, I give it the thumbs up on the screen. And then when the song's over, you know, if I've said, you know, play uh, Born to Run by Bruce Springsteen and it plays it and it says like, you know, then you're you're on Born to Run radio. So then after the song I've requested is up, I will go back and switch back to favorites radio, which everybody has. It's, the, it, it's a compilation of all your favorites. So that works in both the songs that I've thumbed up and it's using its algorithm and it, it brings in songs that it thinks I would like based on those favorite songs that I've given the thumbs up to. And I've so yeah, I've been able to curate a pretty decent thing that I'm happy with you know, I, I don't know if everybody uses that strategy. If I'm just saying something super, super obvious, I apologize if I've just wasted the last 30 seconds of everyone's lives. But um, if you've got additional tips for Slacker, better tips for Slacker than what I just said, I am I would love to hear it. I mean, that would make a good pro tip. I think, you know, everybody likes to listen to music in their in their cars mostly. So yeah, but for me, after a year of ownership, my Slacker, I have to say, it's it's now at the point where I feel like I've got a pretty decent mix of music in there that's that's tailored nicely to my preferences. So, Josh, thanks for the call. Let's go to another old friend, DJ from North Central Ohio, responding to Matt on the topic of music. Matt had had a problem 
with his music sources. Here's DJ to help him out. Hey, Ryan, DJ from lovely North Central Ohio, wanting to respond to Matt and his question about podcasts in the Malia S. Yes, this is a problem that I also experience, and it is amazingly frustrating, uh, particularly when I switch to music to listen to some music for a while when I'm actually not listening to podcasts for some reason. I have missed entire podcasts, uh, an entire series of podcasts that I might have had two or three queued up because I was behind because of this exact problem. And so what I have taken to doing to try to, uh, you know, get away from the problem is simply make sure that I, when I exit the car, that I switch the source to my phone rather than uh, any other source. And I do notice that this, this actually does this with music as well. Um, I will catch my phone playing whatever random music uh, out of my library uh, if I'm not set up to be on the um, on the phone option in the Tesla and I didn't have anything playing on the podcast. So, yeah, some, definitely a, a bug slash, I don't think you can call it a feature, uh, operational problem I wish they would definitely fix uh, because it's super annoying. Anyhow, Matt, you're not alone, and that's it. Uh, talk to you later. Thanks for your show, Ryan. Love all you do. Later. DJ, I really appreciate the constructive workaround there. Thank you, as always, for your great calls. Taking us home is Jeremy from South Carolina, uh, who has a legislative update. You know, I like to try and use the, the megaphone that I've got here with this podcast to help out with these. So, Jeremy, the floor is yours. South Carolina, go ahead. Hello, Ryan. This is Jeremy Hickman from South Carolina. I'm a recent listener of the podcast and longtime IGN follower. Been following Tesla and EVs for years and saving to get myself a Model 3, hopefully before the end of the year. One of the things I really like about your podcast is the ability to get the message on policy of EVs in the states out of your audience. Currently in South Carolina, there is a bill, S.379, by a couple senators that's currently in the state Senate Committee on Transportation for Vote. This bill amendment is to give electric vehicle manufacturers like Tesla the ability to directly sell or indirectly sell to the consumer in the state. I think a lot of people in the state would consider an electric vehicle if there were Teslas available to test drive relatively close to the inner cities of the state, such as Columbia, where I'm from. Currently, we have to drive to, say, Charlotte or Atlanta to test drive or to directly purchase a Tesla. Thanks again for your show. Thanks for always being a stand-up guy, and look forward to listening to more of your podcasts in the future. Thanks. Thank you, Jeremy, and hey, welcome to the podcast. I also sincerely appreciate the heads up on this. I looked it up after your call, and you are exactly correct. So, as always, I encourage South Carolina listeners out there to contact your state-level legislators, particularly in this case, your state senators, to voice your support for this bill. Good luck to this bill. Uh, Thanks, Jeremy. And real quick before I go here, before I end the Ride the Lightning Hotline segment, just a quick shout out. I want to say hi to Chris in upstate New York, who sent me a wonderful phone call. It was was four minutes long. So apologies, Chris. It was a little little long to put on on the show here, but just detailing how absolutely in love he is with his week old standard range plus Model 3. So Chris, congratulations. And that brings us to the end of the Ride the Lightning Hotline. Again, I encourage you to call in. I welcome you to call in using one of the two ways I told you about at the top of the segment. For now, 
Hang with me for a little longer. I'm going to come right back, give you my tip of the week, or actually your tip of the week. It's from uh, the listeners who call in, and then wrap things up for you right after this. Okay, before I get to some uh, mentions and some plugs, our pro tip of the week is uh, if you've got something interesting that you've learned about your car that's not obvious, that's not necessarily covered in the manual, maybe just a shortcut or, or what have you, just something neat that's not obvious that uh, you might think would be useful to other people, you can call in with it. And you can call in the same way that you call in on the Ride the Lightning hotline. So either, you know, using your smartphone's built-in voice recorder or calling and leaving a message on the Ride the Lightning hotline. Gabriel from Finland is this week's, he's got this week's pro tip of the week. And this is something that uh, he educated me on. I did not know this one. This is a good one. Gabriel, the floor is yours. Hey, Ryan, it's Gabriel from Finland. So did you know that the temperature changes when you change the profile of the driver in the Model 3? I just discovered this. If you change the profile from whatever to whatever, it saves now temperature information and probably other things about the air conditioning. Hey, fantastic show. Keep up the good work. Bye. I never knew that one, Gabriel. That's, I probably didn't know it because my wife still won't drive my car, so I've never been able to test it. But thank you very much for that. That's a good one. All right. Uh, before I go, let me mention a couple things. AbstractOcean.com, home of fine Tesla accessories, be it a tempered glass screen protector, a vinyl wrap for maybe the center console in your Model 3 if you'd like to change up the, the look or feel or both, of your center console. They've got all that, uh, a lot of lighting accessories, a lot of neat stuff over there at abstractocean.com. If you're a first-time customer, they're offering listeners of this podcast a 15% discount off of your very first order. To get that, pile everything you want into your cart, and then at checkout, use the coupon code RTLPODCAST. That's RTLPODCAST, all one word, to get that 15% discount. Meanwhile, Jeff at Immaculate Reflections, fantastic detail work. If you're in the Bay Area, maybe you're taking delivery out here, if you're just uh, making a pilgrimage to the factory, or if you live somewhat nearby and you want some really great detail work, I can speak personally to my experience with Jeff, both as a professional and as just a human being. He's a great guy, does great work. You can learn more about his services, be it the paint protection film, which, by the way, he's currently offering a $100 discount on that to listeners of this podcast or $250 off if you if you do the paint protection film over the whole car and then also uh, $100 off of uh, or I, sh- I think it's an I think it's an or not an and but $100 off ceramic coating if you wanted to do that if you're tired of waxing your car and you don't want to wax it for the next 3 to 5 years you could do a ceramic coating and these uh, Jeff will give you $100 off of that right now. So check out his website, IR, which stands for Immaculate Reflections, of course, irdetailing.com. Meanwhile, if you do enjoy the podcast, I would uh, kindly ask that you take a look at my Patreon page. It's a totally optional, will always be optional, optional way to support my efforts here on the podcast, the time, the energy, the love that I put into this each and every week. It's patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. Patreon is spelled P A T 
R-E-O-N. So, you know, there are various tiers. You can you can do anything you want, but, uh, you know, there's, uh, there's the early access tier. If you go above that, there's the monthly bonus episode tier, which gets you the, the bonus episode and the early access, and then you step up, you got the Patreon producer where you get mentioned every week, and you get the other stuff, etc., etc. So if you'd like, take a look at the Patreon page, patreon.com slash Podcast. If you're buying a Jada wireless charging mat for your Model 3 or, or I guess I should say and or, the USB hub, which I to- told you about a couple weeks ago, I still haven't gotten my final, final one yet, but I told you about the prototype one that I had. I love the little, like, dummy hidden compartment to hide the USB stick for the uh, for your sentry mode. That's probably my favorite part of it, other than the fact that, yes, it adds more USB ports to your car. So if that's of interest, if the wireless charging pad is of interest, I sadly don't have a discount code to offer you, but if you're buying, I would love it if you would buy through my referral link because full transparency jada throws me a couple bucks if they know that they came that you came from this podcast to their website so that that link is getjada.com that's j e d a getjada.com/ref/8 Finally, I think, let's see, that's, uh, yeah. Oh, subscribe to the podcast if you don't already. That's super free and super easy. It's just, it just means that the podcast will download to you. It'll push to you every week rather than you having to go pull it. Subscribe on your favorite podcast service, whether it's iTunes or Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or TuneIn, which remember, TuneIn, so you can get the show right in your Tesla. Uh, any, and then I'm also on YouTube, just in audio form only, uh, or no, that's all of them. I think, I think that's, (laughs) I'm on just about all the major ones, I think. And yes, the Patreon producers, let me wrap up with the, uh, the thanking of the producer tier folks, our newest Patreon producer, Neil Weaver. Thank you so much, Neil. Uh, I want to thank the rest of the crew. Kaz Barnes, Charlie Gillespie, Aaron Appleby, Matthew Wright, John Cody, Chris Knesnick, Lambert Lee, Larry Lynch, Ron Lee, My Tesla Adventure, Rob Brewer, Tesla Owners Taiwan, Jeremy Harris, Josh, Jeremy, Daniel Grummer, Michael Waddle, Luxendary.com, Dory and Steve Guberman, Joel Sapp, Lyle Austin, Bill Royko, Brian Hope, Jerry and Mary Smith, Gabriel Salais, uh, who are we at? David Nondahl, Eric Randolph, Luke A., Ulrich Lassa, David Vakil, eh, Rome Strack, Peter Chalet, uh, Lawton from Chicago, and Marcus Mayenshine, Tim Hyde, Joe Edgel, Jason Chalukas, Robert Miracle, Michael Lester, Matthew Parra, Logan Willis, Alexi Heft, Jonathan Wales, David Brander, George Cassiopo, Wolfgang Obergen, Pete White, and DJ Harbaugh. Thanks to all of you so, so much for your support of the show. It really does. It makes a huge difference in my life. I will, I've, I've said that before, and I'm being totally honest. That is uh, it's from the heart. I really mean it. All right, my friends, I'm off on a little vacation. Hopefully I didn't miss anything on Friday. I'll be back next week. Regular, I'll, I'll still be doing a show next week. No, even though I've got a trip, it works out. I can still get the show done at the regular time. So listen next week for the earnings call recap and analysis. That's always a fun show to do. And happy electric motoring. And I'll see you next week.
I mean, I think a Tesla is the most fun thing you could possibly buy ever. That's what it's meant to be. Our goal is to make it's it's not exactly a car. It's actually a thing to maximize enjoyment. It's maximum fun. 